What do you think the odds are that at the Game Awards this year, they do some sort of staged and extremely awkward and poorly received and maybe even like in poor taste um, recreation of Will Smith slapping uh, 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 Chris Rock. Oh, I'm sure that's going going to happen. One hundred percent, right? It'd be like with one of their like like bad advertiser partner mascots. The Schick Hydro Man just beats the heck out of Jeff Keeley. Or do you think they have Joseph Ferris get up there and slap Jeff Keeley? Ah. Like that's kind of like that's the. I think you have to have Joseph Ferris involved in some way. Because if you're not familiar, dear listener, uh, way back when, when he was like promoting, uh, gosh, what's the prison one? Uh, sh- uh, uh, break out, a way out, a way out. There we go. When they were promoting a way out, he was like, the Game Awards are better than the Oscars. And then like directly into the camera, fuck the Oscars. <laughs> um, but, but like they're going to do something like that, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, they're they're like, uh, uh, what's the word? I want say woke enough that's that's not the right one they're they're like basic woke enough to like like look at something from from pop culture that will probably be a little bit tired at that point and play up on yeah. it yeah um, that's the thing it'll be like yo that was like nine months ago right y'all. <laughs> <laughs> i do have to say how quickly that became a meme is Instantly. outstanding it, it was like the minute it happened like that photo fo- is absolutely perfect um uh not condoning violence in any way uh, no, but, I have mixed feelings about it all, but like, yeah, I don't care. Like, <laughs> I mean, like, that's the thing. Like, I, it's so interesting. Like, everyone on the internet has like, here's how I feel about this. I'm like, I don't. Like, it's two people that are like, not even involved in my world. I mean, I guess I don't know. What I'm trying to say is, it's not a thing in my life. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, and, and it's like one of those things. Like, uh, they they showed uh, a bunch of like of the celebrities' reactions there like as yeah, it yeah, was yeah. happening and I, I think the my spirit animal in terms of the reaction is the matt damon one because he's like trying not to smile but also looking shocked as hell like what is this actually <laughs> happening right now and i felt like that's that that would have been me in that moment because that's what i was like watching it on twitter i was like oh, wait a second is this real that's the thing i uh i mean I'm, i did not watch the oscars uh just sort of keeping up with it on Twitter. Cause at the end of the day, it's like four hours for it to be sort of nothing. Yes. Yeah. Weirdly enough, a little bit like the game of war. But yes, like it sounded like a joke. Mm-hmm. Like I thought it was like a fake yep. thing that everyone was passing around. I was like, all right, uh, no, no, indeed it was not. Right. Well, I, I thought it was like a joke up until I heard the uncut audio uh, yes, of Will Smith. Not and I was a like, joke. Let me he tell you something. Having fun. I know he's a good actor, maybe even the best actor of the year. However, perhaps I yes, do perhaps. not believe that what he was saying <laughs> and the way he was saying it was, in fact, acting. So no, it's the kind of thing that makes uh, makes you like back up a little bit. Like if you heard that sort of like in a room, you, like overheard that in a room, you'd be like, uh. <laughs> What's uh? <laughs> oh no, yeah. something's about to happen. Yeah. Well, as long as that energy's not coming at you. Yes, like again, exactly. Matt Damon exactly. face all day long on that. <laughs> or uh, Lupita, what's her name? Lupita Nyong'o. Yeah, um, was like sitting behind him, and like her face is, is pretty priceless as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but hey, expect that at the Game Awards <laughs> 2022, without a doubt, without a doubt. It's okay, 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 okay. They're either going to like, it's either going to like, I think, go over kind of well, like people in the room will laugh, or conversely. 
it will not go over well. And then someone involved, like Jeff Keeley, will like explain it, like kind of half ass be like, because like Will Smith and Chris Rock. Anyway, guys, here's more about Uncharted 8 or whatever the fuck. <laughs> oh, please. Uh, <laughs> please. That would be the best non sequitur yeah. in, in the awards history. Yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> it's hitbox. What's in the fucking box? everyone welcome back to hitbox episode number 85 my name is peter hunt spitek and joining me as always is my good friend and wonderful co-host justin makovich how are you man yeah pretty good. spring break treating yeah, you th- you know my, my new nickname for this week is the spring chicken because i'm on spring break i don't know why i'm a chicken but that's the yeah, I, i'll uh i'll try and remember to call you that thank little you chicken thank you yeah. you got one more week of it because next week it'll be the end of my spring break and when we record next week i will be in be tears sad. there'll be a lot yeah, of tears sad chicken. yeah yeah um yeah but we're not gonna cry today i don't think based on the show notes we've put together i i think we're gonna avoid any sort of tears but um justin i just want to let you know it's a safe space for your emotions okay so if you cool. gotta get it out cool get it out if I gotta get it get it out, you know I'm gonna get it out. I sort of almost cried when we talked about Animal Crossing one time. It was an emotional moment. Uh, hey, I mean, I'm I'm glad that Animal Crossing can bring you to tears because it can. Yes. Um, yes. Oddly enough, the closest I've been brought to tears recently. Speaking of the Oscars, um, mm-hmm. is that uh, I watched a dramatization of Coda, like a play version uh... of Coda. Um, first of all, I didn't even know it was nominated for Best Picture or came out as a movie. I thought it was just like a production that I was watching. Okay, um, sure. And I was like, wow, this is really emotional and like really moving. And then I saw it was a movie and I was like, oh, maybe I should watch this movie. So I guess that's on my list of things to watch. I think the next the next movie that I am probably going to cry at is Sonic 2. Uh, either like that Happy or Morbius. Tears, right? uh, no, just it's going to be so dramatic and powerful. <laughs> 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 uh Sonic might actually be out by the next time we're recording and I might have actually I might actually be going to see that. Ooh. Uh, so ooh. hey, uh, next week we'll talk about it. So What's actually up? I didn't watch the Oscars last night like I watched yeah. a lot of it through Twitter. Uh I yeah. was in fact while the Oscars was happening watching an Oscar nominated movie Free Guy. Ah, what did you think? I thought there was a good movie in there. Surrounded by surrounded by, by a movie. lot of bad editing, <laughs> bad writing, yeah. bad a lot of things. Um, but, uh, there's some really good moments in it. I think it was fun. It was fun yeah, for the most part. It's a but, fun movie. Yeah. Uh, um, and, and then I realized that there's a body, it is the rock, but the rock is in that movie, but never like acknowledges the fact that he's the rock. Yeah. There are, there's like two or three where it's like the rock might be Hugh Jackman and Channing. No, Channing Tatum's like definitely. Yeah, in yeah, it. yeah. Uh, there's, there's. Two more people who are like in it as cameos. Chris Evans like, is in it, and it is yes, one is. of my favorite cameos in a while. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, it's a fun movie. It's a fun flick. Uh, did you cry? Absolutely I, not. No, I cried the whole time. Oh, start to finish. Okay, wow. Was someone? I was having a hard you? night. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, we'll we'll talk about some video games. What do you say? Let's do it. Get out of get out of the the silver screen and talk about some video games. Uh, this week, 
news, some news, uh, Witcher 4 has been announced. Sony purchased Haven Studios. Um, there might be some other Sony news. Sony might be making some moves this week, but we will see. Uh, the Halo TV show came out, and we, we both have some thoughts about it, at least the first episode. Uh, and we'll get to that and so much more, including a Metacritic roundup for Kirby the Forgotten Land, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, and Ghostwire Tokyo. And so much more. But before we get to all of that, Justin, you're on spring break. I know you're playing video games. I want to. I want to know about them. Which ones? So uh, good? T- today being the first official day um, of like not having to go to school, I woke up at the same time I normally do. Made yeah. some coffee. Yeah. But instead of like you know putting on normal clothes and like work people clothes, I yeah. started up my PlayStation Five. Mm-hmm. And I continued to roll around in Elden Ring. Ah, yes, what do you yes. Think? Tell me about uh, it. I'm about 19 hours in. Okay, um, significant. Yeah. Uh, so I beat with the the. I guess it's the. Is it Godric? Godric is at the end of Storm. Yeah, Vale Castle. Castle. Yeah. So I beat Godric like pretty soon after we finished recording last week, um, and I felt like I got there and I was under leveled. Um, but when I got to the boss fight, he like just wiped my, wiped me off, just space yeah. just killed me. But then I did a little more exploring of the castle and I found an NPC summon that made that boss battle mm-hmm. much more manageable. Is Godric, does he, the one where in the second phase he gets the dragon yeah. for, his, for his arm? Literally puts a dead yeah. dragon on his arm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. that was, that was special. Um, uh, <laughs> but, um. <laughs> So I, I beat that pretty underleveled, and then once you're done with that castle, it like takes you out into the open world and like opens up a new part of the map, a part of the map I had already explored, um, mm-hmm. and got like just steamrolled by those hand those hand creatures eventually. Yeah, yeah. So then I'm like, okay, I'm really not ready to be here yet. So then I just started like uh, cleaning up the map uh, in the opening area, and that's basically what I've been doing. Um, I felt a little bit uh, like I'm God. Uh, in most of those areas because yeah. I'm overleveled for them, but underleveled to make progress. And now I feel like I'm in a grindy section of it where I, in order for me to make progress, I'm just going to have to grind a little bit. I think I'm at level 33, which isn't very high, but... Have you been to the Southern Peninsula yet? That's the one with the werewolf guy, right? Werewolf guy with, like that ends with the boss fight? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been there? Yeah, I did gotcha, that. Gotcha. Um, I mean, I did most of that the the stuff in this part of the map at this point. Still some, like, caves that I have to explore, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I do like the game. I, I keep finding myself making excuses to, like, okay, I, this is the last time I'm playing it, and then it'll be, like, the next day, and it'll be like, well, it's 6.30 in the morning. I think I'm going to play Elden Ring for another <laughs> three hours. Um, yeah. And uh, I... I Going back to why I like this better than most Souls games, when you get to a place that you're just out of your depth for, um, I got to this the underground area for the first time. I went down a well uh, elevator, yes. um, and I was just out of my depth for it. And eventually, I kind of like sped through it, got a couple of uh, of the sites of grace, and then I got killed by these ghost minotaur creatures that were just overwhelming to say the least. Yeah. Uh, you know, like in most Souls games, when you get to a point like that, you're kind of like stuck to get through it. But it's in this like, one, well, I got to do this right. and like level up until I get there. Yeah, yeah this one, I'm just like, yeah, you know, I'll, I, I don't need this right now. And yeah. and I, even when I got to the hands last week and I was literally taking fingernails off their health, um, I was like, well, I can come back to this. There's still more stuff I can do. So there's always something you can do. I just, I still don't ultimately see it as being as groundbreaking as I think a lot of people are making it out to be. 
Um, sure, sure. Like, I think there are some cool things about it, but it is essentially, uh, fr- it's a FromSoft world that has a little bit more empty, not empty, I don't want to say empty, because there is a lot of stuff to do. There's just bigger areas in between a lot of the FromSoft level design. So I think that, I, I understand why you might think it's not as groundbreaking as people are saying. I think a lot of people are comparing it to Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Uh, and I know that there's a portion of people who like hear that and just like roll their eyes. Um, but I think like it's actually like a pretty fair comparison. Uh, and also like Breath of the Wild was like super influential and like get off my back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like um, people are comparing it to Breath of the Wild. And I think a lot of people misunderstand what that comparison means. Not necessarily that like it's open world is necessarily super groundbreaking or anything like that, because I actually think it's open world is kind of boring. Yeah. Like, you know, you roll around and, and you fight like little groups of enemies who are just sort of walking around uh, and you're on your horse going through different environments. Uh, and, you know, the environments are varied enough. But where I think it is like uh, uh, Breath of the Wild is that there are interesting things to do all over the place. While the actual like open world of it isn't particularly interesting, same as Breath of the Wild, which is a lot of fields, right? Like a lot of just green fields and hills and stuff and forests. Um Elden Ring is that way too, but like pretty much anywhere you go and you go, oh, that looks kind of interesting. There's like something there for you. Um, and sometimes that is those bigger, more like legacy dungeons or legacy castles or whatever. Uh, but and, and sometimes it's just like, oh, there's an NPC who sells me, I don't know, incantations or or there's a little storyline that goes through here. I think it's kind of interesting. Yeah, and, and I think that the the good thing is that if you're ever stuck in this game, you just look for the big fort in the corner you haven't been to, and there's yeah. always a landmark of something that you could head towards to get you to a place. And I do think it does have that kind of exploration uh, fact, like a, like aspect of the game that, that does make it really kind of like engaging to just like go back and explore. And even going through old areas that once you were a little bit underleveled, it was hard to get through. Once you have a little bit more confidence in those areas, going back, you find a lot of cool little things weapons uh ashes of war but let me be honest with you if you're using any ash of war other than parry i think you're an idiot um <laughs> is that even an ash of war i'm very confused uh, no. with a lot of these systems because uh, so like this is where one of the things is kind of like weird i was randomly exploring again 15 hours in at this point and i found uh i killed an enemy and then a tool like a like a tutorial pops up about how to summon spells and i was like listen i got that got through that in like hour five guys yeah um but like weird that it, that tutorial popped hour 15 at a random mm-hmm. spot but um anyway i th- there's always something to do kind of yeah ashes of war by the way uh you have like weapon skills for certain weapons um, parry is going to be one for like smaller shields and stuff. Uh, if you don't have, okay. <laughs> so ashes of war are going to be useless. If you're, if you've got a sword and a shield, unless you use the ash of war, it's called like default or something like that on your shield, which then lets you use the ash of war in your right handed weapon. Uh, it's like, kind of complicated but it's kind of cool the ashes of war stuff is kind of cool I, I actually found a weapon that had a cool weapon skill um that i wanted to just keep and i just use for the whole game so i didn't really like engage with that system like other than the first few hours but but then you can't parry right correct so but like, I, i'm not an ash of war like in this game yeah well <laughs> <laughs> I, I every once in a while i'm like you know i'm gonna i'm gonna beat this 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 uh this bad guy with a skill and use a parry then i'm just like eh, never mind wolves out go yeah <laughs> well like with the with the parry it's like 
here he comes. Big wind up. And then I go early and he hits me like, okay, all right, let's try it one more time. <laughs> Big wind up. He bit, you know, like uh, I'm not good at it, but I am Justin good at Elden Ring because I beat it. Hell yeah. I beat it. I beat it shortly after our conversation. Well, uh, I mean, after well, after some well, tireless work, but <laughs> I put four hours into the final boss. Yeah. Final yeah. boss says, excuse me. Uh, and it was getting to the point where I was just like, I don't know if I'm going to do this. I just don't like I think after if I can't do it tonight, I'm just I'm not going to do it. And I did it about 10 o'clock and I just sat there just thinking, thinking my thoughts, feeling like, wow, I did that. I did that. I wasn't even going to beat this game. I put I bought it to talk about for the show and to be like, yeah, it's Dark Souls. Like, you know, it's good. But like I beat it. 71 hours. Level 146. Damn. Take that, Dark Souls. Uh, what wonderful, was your, wonderful. What was your general build in terms of like uh, stats? So uh, I was going more of a dex strength build. So basically I wanted to be able to use a, a medium-sized shield that could tank all the damage um, and then have enough stamina left over to hit and hit hard. Because I, um, I had, what was it, like a curved blood sword or something like that I got from killing a boss in the overworld. Um, in the Southern Peninsula. So basically, like, I wanted to be able to take a hit with the shield so that uh, the boss, like, enemies would be open so that I could then hit with the, with a big old, like, great sword uh, that also did, like, bleed damage. So that's what I did. And then pretty much everything else I ignored. Uh, and, and cause, well, I mean, like, I, I put some into, like, faith and intelligence because I needed some to wield the, the sword, I yeah. think. Um, but like generally, like I, I stay away from magic with these sorts of games, uh, which might be my downfall because when I was like watching other people like play, I was like, Oh, this looks kind of cool and fun, but I enjoyed the style I chose with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm doing a similar build too. Um, cause that's just what I'm used to. Um, right. <laughs> I think is the biggest reason, but, uh, here's the thing. Elden Ring, after finishing that, I was like, yo, maybe I should buy Demon Souls, like the remake. And then I was like, yo, maybe I should go back and try out Dark Souls 3. Because I, I beat that one. I have no idea how I beat that one. Like, knowing nothing about the, the game, I didn't look anything up. Like, I have no idea how I did that. And I was like, yo, maybe I should do Bloodborne. You know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to go back and start the whole series over. I didn't do that because I don't have the time. Um, and if I were, I probably would try Demon Souls because that's the only one I haven't played. And um, it's probably pretty cheap right now on PS5. Maybe. Uh, I, yeah, I'm, you'd, you'd hope. It's been like a year and a half. I mean, you get it used somewhere. Um, that's what I mean. I, I was, that's what I would do. But I did not do that. But I have been watching a lot of YouTube videos about people talking why Dark Souls is good. Oh, okay. That's, you're in that yeah, rabbit hole now. <laughs> I am. I am. Uh, I, I don't know if I will go back and do any of that. Or I like absolutely don't have the time at this moment. But. Maybe that'll be something I do over the summer or something like that. Well, I am proud of you for doing that. Thanks, Justin. That is like, to be honest, something like that's a notch on the gamer belt. You know what I mean? Where it's like, yo, I beat Dark Souls. I beat Elden Ring. Straight up, I beat that. Yeah. Perseverance. I I beat. Yeah. What's his name? Radigan? The guy on the horse? Cool. You haven't seen him yet, I'm sure. No. Before he got nerfed. Ooh. Y'all beat him. Way back in the day. He just stood there with a shield and he said, no. 
I said I said no. Yeah. Radigan. Yeah. No, Radigan's definitely from oh, Radagast is Radigast from Lord of the Rings. Is from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, Radagast the Brown. Yeah. Um, did you play anything else? Uh, so I uh, dabbled with uh, the Tunic uh, game oh, a little too. bit. Um, did you start playing it after you beat Elden Ring? Yes. Okay. Like that's, immediately after. Yeah. Well, so <laughs> you you had a bit of my, the reason why I stopped playing it um, because the I the, the combat is like the the role is different in both of them the dodge yeah. button so yeah. like i was playing it and I, I had this realization that listen i don't have the brain capacity to deal with switching the role in nope. my brain um i can't get into this game right now and to be honest i never thought i would say this it's a little bit and by a little bit a lot more obtuse <laughs> than elden ring is in terms of yeah. like how you play it in fact it's like it's very, I don't even know the right word for it. Uh, it feels like if someone complains about Tunic being too hard, like, it's like, you got to get good. Like, that's what people would say to you, like, yeah. in a way. Um, and obviously, you can look up guides and stuff for that. But um, do you have, how much time have you put into it? I put a few hours into it. it it's pretty good when I'm waiting uh, to get responses from people from work. I was just uh, putting my phone in my backbone and just playing a little bit of it. Um, I got into a snowy area. Like I rung the two bells and then I got to this snowy area and then I got completely obliterated. Uh, and I was like, well, I don't really know where else to go. So I'm just gonna put this down for a while. And I just haven't been back to it. Yeah. So I've, you know, two hours or so it's cute. It's fun. And it's the kind of thing that I do enjoy like exploring and the victories are, are big and the, um, finding those pages is kind of cool. I think that's a really interesting way. Like the manual pages, I think is a really interesting way to like teach you how to play the game. Um, but it, it might be a little too obtuse for me at this moment in time. And I mean, obviously like with this stuff, you can always look it up in a guide. Um, right. Of course, if you get stuck at it, but I feel like that with a game like this, part of the journey is that discovery. Um, right. And I feel like, whereas if I'm playing a Dark Souls game, if I watch a guide, I don't think that necessarily takes away from my fun of it about how to beat a boss or do something like that. This because one, I feel like it would. Tunic is about exploration and the uh, like acquiring information yeah. and knowledge. Where, and that's why it's obtuse, because it just doesn't tell you what's up. And then the fun of the game is discovering what's up. Right. And then also, you know, dodge rolling out of the way of like enemies and stuff. But like Elden Ring, they tell you way too much about what's up. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like yep, way yep, yep, too yep, yep. much. And the fun is figuring out like how to apply all that information. Yep. yep. And I guess uh, for the listener to kind of like so the game starts off, you kind of like a, you wash up on the shore. Um, and then you kind of explore around and eventually you find this stick, which acts as like your sword weapon to begin with. And then you keep exploring around, keep moving forward. And then you eventually get to this one boss that just like destroys you. Just yep. absolutely destroys you. You're like trying to like hit it with your little stick. It just doesn't matter. Um, and then if you keep exploring, you eventually find a sword. And that sword makes the boss like a hundred times easier. But the sword's not like the most straightforward path. Like you have to kind of like go out of your way to find it a little bit. Um, and then later on, like as you keep going, um, you and you keep unlocking more of this instruction manual thing, it'll slowly tell you about how to make your character stronger, how to level up, how to do other stuff, and like it's just it's very interesting. But I do have to say, I just don't know if I have the patience for it. 
um, as of right now, which yep. odd, odd that I'm saying I have the patience for Elden Ring, but not Tunic. But um, it, I think it's a cute game. Is it a Justin game? No, I don't think so. No. No. Uh, well, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll play it, but like, is this a game I'm going to stand behind and be like, this is one of the coolest games ever? I don't think so. Whereas a game like Death's Door was just enough of that combat Zelda exploration kind of-ness to it. This mm-hmm. one is like Zelda 1, and I don't like Zelda 1. Sure, sure. Uh, th- I would say I probably like this more than Death's Door, but the only reason I put this down was because what it's asking of y- me is to be a little bit more, like, mentally invested. Yeah. Because yeah. Death's Door, I mean, like, while, yes, that was obtuse and, like, had w- those winding levels and stuff like that, um, I think, it w- as we sort of are saying, uh, was a little bit more straightforward yeah. as, like, what to do. Yep. yep. But uh, it's cute. It's cute. I think I I still think it is a good game. And I think that the fun of figuring it out is part of it. Yeah. Uh, but I just don't have the time to really spend. And, and like I that. would agree. It's a good game, just not a Justin game, which yep. I, I feel like another one of the games you're, you've played this week is probably going to be like that. Now, which one? Because Justin, I played a metric fuck ton of video games. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are, are you talking Kirby in the Forgotten Lands? I'm talking Kirby in the Forgotten Lands. All right. I think my view of some video games is skewed based on the experience I had playing them. Now, of course that happens to every, uh, that happens to everyone, right? Like if you played a game when you were super sick, you might remember it a little bit differently. I played all of guardians of the galaxy when I was having horrible, horrible fever dream nightmares from being sick with COVID for a week. Um, I don't remember a lot of that game. Maybe (laughs) <laughs> super well <laughs> or maybe like with like if you asked me to recount the details of it to you like it probably would be kind of right but mostly wrong <laughs> um so what i'm trying to say is like i loved it takes two if you remember but p- so much of that was because i played it with elena and i think if i played it takes two with someone else who maybe i was having less fun with or was like less close to it would be a lot less fun right just in the like nature of like co-op games Kirby: the forgotten land Seems like a really fun game. I played about an hour and a half of it with Elena, uh, where I let her be Kirby because she was sobbing at the intro because she was so excited to play Kirby. Okay, okay. She lo- she loves Kirby. She's sobbing as this whole thing okay, is happening. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, I'm going to let you play as Kirby. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll be the Waddle Dee. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, it's a lot less fun to be the Waddle Dee. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like it just is because you, you just have this like spear power and there are like fun ways to, to like use it. Um, but I think the game would be a lot more fun if you were just like a different colored Kirby, which is what a lot of other games have done. Yeah. I mean, the game is set up for that. Like usually like when you're about to fight a boss, they have like three power ups you can choose from. So clearly your, your partner could pick one, you could pick the other and then you'd be, you'd be set for that. Exactly. So, um, that is how we're going to play the game. I might play it on my own after that to like really see what's up. I'm enjoying it thoroughly. Okay. Okay. I, I thought you were going to say you hated it. No, no, no. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm okay. really liking it, but I don't know if it's like, oh, I love this because I'm having so much fun with Elena or if I love this because it's a great game. It's certainly a fun game. And were it removed from playing with her, it's like uh, Mario. Th- I would, I would compare it more to uh, Mario 3d world. Um, than like a Mario Odyssey or something like that because the levels are like smaller and like segmented uh, and, 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 and linear, right? Pretty short. Yeah, pretty short and linear. 
Um, but the collectathon stuff with them is a lot of fun, and uh, collecting more Waddle D and saving them like opens up more things in the uh, like little Waddle D hut village and stuff like that. So it is very enjoyable in the way that Mario 3D World is enjoyable. Yeah, uh, I uh, I I mean I played the demo. I yeah. could recognize it as being a game that is good, uh, just not definitely not a me game. Um, and w- specifically with with thinking about like how you know a sixty dollar Nintendo game or sixty dollar game in general, mm-hmm. I, I it's not I with the demo and me playing that, I'm not curious enough to spend that money to play this game. Yeah, probably like what you got out of that demo is what you were going to get out of the game. That said, like. The Switch is kind of an incredible console, and like we've been over that before. But you know, it, it's going to have a landmark Zelda title, a landmark Mario title, landmark Mario Kart, landmark Super Smash Bros. And now this is an incredible Kirby game. But it is not, just with the very nature of like what a Kirby game is, it's not going to be for everyone. Um, so I thought the game ran pretty weird, badly, uh, in the demo. How, have you noticed anything? I didn't. I'm playing it docked. Okay. I mean, obviously if I'm doing two player, um, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't notice anything like that. Uh, well, uh, let me actually say that differently. Things in the background, like with Pokemon Legends Arceus, uh, are like <laughs> every two seconds getting a new frame of animation. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, like, there's that, but I didn't notice any sort of, like... Slow down. ...frame rate dips or, or anything significant like that, yeah. I think I, I, I think my big problem is not so... I, 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 I'm becoming this person, but I'm becoming the, the 60 frames per second kind of guy. And yeah, when okay. I play a game that's in 30 or less, I feel it more than yeah. what I was used to. Um, but I think that's just as systems get better, um, that's just what the standard's going to be. Because I am 100% more frame versus picture you can definitely tell when this slips into 60 and it slips into 60 when there's like this like loading screen when you're coming in and out of levels where like a little like it's just like a little graphic comes and like circles around and you go whoa that looked great (laughs) (laughs) Um, and you know like the rest of it doesn't like i said doesn't run poorly or it's like not noticeably bad or anything like that but um when it does like get that benchmark of like oh hey that actually looks really smooth good job um yeah it's cute it's fun it's kirby it's exactly it's exactly what you're imagining Kirby is. No, that's not good. Yeah, it's not good for you. Great for me. <laughs> Justin, I was a machine. I was a machine this week. I beat Elden Ring. Good. Last night I beat Horizon Forbidden West. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. And I was sitting there. I've got like 70% achievement uh trophies. Yeah. And I was like, should I just pull the plug and just do th- uh, that was worded poorly. Yeah, yeah. Should I just, <laughs> I just pull a plug, never play it again? I'm no, good I was enough. like, should I should I just do it and just do get the get the platinum for this? And then I was like looking at what was left, and it was all the side quests with all the companions who I do not care about. And I was like, no, <laughs> no, I think I won't. I think I won't do that. Um, but <laughs> that might have concluded my time with Rocky. Okay. <laughs> so, so tell me what you thought about the end and how the the game wrapped uh, up. I think Aloy's boring, all right? She's boring. She's not interesting. She doesn't have, like, goals or aspirations. I think there's, like, interesting parts of her character, but I just don't think they're executed well. And I think that ultimately it makes me not want to play the game. Like, the thought of going and talking to her, like, friends and stuff, uh, right before the final mission, 
she goes, uh, maybe I should check in with everyone one last time before we head out. And then, like, you have an option, like, you have two objectives, like, one, get to whatever, wherever you're going, and then the other objective is, like, optional, and it's, like, check in with your friends. And I was like, oh, gosh, that's going to be 20 to 25 minutes of just dreadful, in my opinion, dialogue of Aloy talking to these people. And so I was like, I, they're fine. I'm sure they, I'm sure they feel my support. <laughs> so I just left. Well, didn't talk to I, I think I, I eventually stopped because basically after every major story mission, you can go back to your base and like talk to and, all like, your talk companions to and stuff. Yeah. I, and, and they would always have new updates and stuff. But I stopped doing that because uh, it was flavor text. It didn't really add anything to yeah. to the because you're not building relationships. There's no like. Uh, I I don't want to say you have to have a romance system, but there's no like leveling up your characters or companions and stuff like that. Um, and I think one of the things this game could have really improved from uh, to make the combat and like even those interactions better would be to have a more direct companion system on each mission. I think mm -hmm. I said that before because that would give you a reason to talk to these characters and develop these relationships and be able to like have your favorites. Um, and I feel like that's what they're building towards. Uh, but I, I mean, I don't want to go too much into spoiler details. Yeah, go on. Uh, no, you have something. You have something. I thought they were building towards a love triangle. But there's definitely not a love triangle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for, for multiple reasons, there's not a love triangle in the game uh, that I think uh, BT Dubs listener tentatively mark this on your calendar. And by that, I mean, just open your calendar and like in the margin because we don't have a day for a this. Spitball. I think, yeah, just I think we're doing, we might be doing a, a spoiler cast review episode now that it's been like a month since the game came out with Button Mashing 101, our friends there. So keep that in mind uh, that we probably will be going into these details a little bit more uh, in full, but yes. You were saying, you thought, you think they're, they were setting something up for like the sequel? Oh uh, no! I think the part of the sequel is about Aloy, and I mean they pretty much with that last mission they get to this. Uh, it's about it's going to be much more about your friends and you going through yes, the world. Yes, and how this game started off. I'm Aloy. I'm doing this alone. They build towards no. You need people, and there's a really cool interaction with a character. Again, I'm going to remain spoilless. Uh, spoiler. Spoilerless. Spo spoilerless. Uh, with this, um, in which you are talking to a character. And you basically understand what makes you different and what makes mm, you mm -hmm, unique mm -hmm. and what caused you to be the Aloy instead of you just being a clone of Elizabeth. And I feel like that whole interaction was a big moment for not only the character you're talking to, but that's when you realize what makes you unique and all the people you've been trying to push away the whole time. It's time that you stop doing that and it's time that you yeah. make a change and i think that's like the character growth and we're thinking about the you know character arc and uh, the three act structure here the third act is going to be about her making that character change and you know fighting to the end and being able to overcome whatever it's coming be to yeah <laughs> be a better person i think yeah um, i agree i agree because uh, i also thought it was weird um that like so that first game like spoilers for a game that's six years old sorry five years old uh like at the end your friends come back to help you in the final mission like all the people you've met in the side quests um and i heard that before i played it and i was like oh that's actually kind of cool and then when i was playing it i like wasn't loving it so i only ever did one of those major side quests and then all of the people who you were supposed to meet 
show up anyway. And, like, and I get like, you know, it is a game. It is a game. Uh, and it's, you know, leading you in a certain direction. And if you didn't meet these characters, then you might as well just meet them here. Um, like not a big deal. But I thought that they were going to like build on that a little bit for this final one. And it uh, for like the final mission in this game. And it doesn't because like your friends are all there. And like the whole game was about like getting like a crew to do this thing sort of. Uh, but I thought that like, may- and maybe I just missed it because I didn't, I don't think I did any of the side quests for those characters. Like I thought that that might be something as well that they built upon from that last game sort of in a way you're so, talking about. And they just did. <laughs> Again, without spoilers, there's, there's a whole section with returning an arm to a certain character Oh yeah. So you can do that, and then basically that mission ends with him being like, "Not all the time, just sometimes." So like, (laughs) it's like, it's like, it really doesn't like, and and I think that is that that's a good critique of the game is that you don't have really agency to change the story in any way. It's the story, um, and I feel like they set it up to be able to do that. Um, you know, choosing that, which yes. faction to support and everything like that. I thought that's where it was going, and um, it just didn't. And they, they even have that choice, the smarts, fights, or hearts. Um, yeah. And that does nothing really other than a couple of a uh, little bit of flavor uh, text and maybe an extra cut scene here or there. Um, There's but. one decision in, at the end of the game that is impacted by that, uh, and it's you choose whether someone lives or dies. And I chose to die. Of course you did. I knew it. I was sitting there like Justin killed this person. Uh, I didn't because well, I, I had to write. Person. Oh, you didn't? No. no, I had to write a guide about it, so I knew what happened. Well, no, no. So uh, like, okay, I mean, I killed the person, but I decided that the person should die. I didn't kill the person though. Oh, I'm yes. not a no, monster. you're not a murderer. I'm not no. a murderer. No, no, of course Aloy not. has not killed a single human being in that game. Got a little dark and violent there uh, when one character gets revenge on another character by stabbing them to death. Uh, I was like, oh, mm. <laughs> all right, okay. Well, yeah. this game. I mean, like, you know, revenge is like a thing that I think is worth exploring. Uh, but the game, just one of the one of the endings for one of these characters is just a straight up revenge murder. Yep. And like, I get it. I do understand. But uh, I wonder if they're going to talk about that or address that at all. Because it got kind of dark there. Nope. Moving on. Something else. Something else is happening. Carrie Ann Mouse is fucking flying around. <laughs> Got to go talk to her and Jeff Bezos. Um, oh, yeah. So we'll, I like that. Jeff Bezos. That's good. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that. Uh even more in depth uh, without having to dance around spoilers uh, for another episode. Justin, I played another fucking game and I beat it. It's called Tiny Tina's Wonderlands and I liked it. And I think Ashley Birch gives a better performance in that than in Horizon Forbidden West. Oh, damn. That's my take. Them be fighting words, but also not uh, fighting words because I feel like that is a more fun character. Well, I, my experience with Tiny Tina was with Borderlands 2. And I was like, oh, is she going to be in the whole game? <laughs> <laughs> she's like around and the answer is like sort of yes Uh, she's like a main side character uh and i find her to be like completely like grating and uninteresting and like please stop uh and in tiny tina's wonderlands she is actually like an interesting much more well-written character um who i liked a lot better and i was surprised because like i said i was definitely not feeling that from her borderlands 2 appearance and whatever but uh she she plays uh, it in Borderlands 2 as well? I don't know. Same character. I'm just checking. She's in a lot of stuff. Oh, she's I didn't, she's Mel in The Last of Us Yeah, I didn't two. know that. Yeah, yeah, she does play that. Okay. Tiny Tina slash The Bane. Yeah. Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. If you like Borderlands but felt kind of burned by Borderlands 3, Wonderlands is pretty good. Um, It's more of that. And if you like... 
Um, if you like Dungeons and Dragons, this game kind of is like that, but not. I mean, like it, it is. It takes a lot of the aesthetic and like a lot of the funny like banter from like playing a tabletop game. Uh, it just like throws that on. But like at the end of the day, it's just more Borderlands. Um, but uh, like I said, I enjoyed the main quest and the characters, and I thought Wanda Sykes, Andy Samberg, Ashley Birch, and Will Arnett did a very good job. And like it's their... actually funny, right? It's not just like oh, there's a butt. Or is it like that? Uh, it, it, uh, sometimes, yes and no. I mean, like, the characters think that the name Butt Stallion for the leader of the whatever is, like, endlessly funny. Uh, and look at you chuckling along, you fucking simpleton. <laughs> kidding. Well, I'm, obviously I'm, kidding. I'm also laughing, too, because I'm thinking about all the stupid messages in Elden Ring. And, like, yeah, 100%. What, like <laughs> yeah. the finger butt is, like, everywhere. Uh, 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 try finger butthole. Yeah, try finger butthole. Yep, that's everywhere. <laughs> yeah. um, yes, it I, is. There was a dead creature, looked like a dragon thing, and behind yeah. it there was a message that said that. Just I said, was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I like the ones that are like, uh, finally head, <laughs> but it's like characters like laying on the ground. Whatever, that's uh, stupid. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, there is some like humor that just like doesn't land with me, but it it uh, because it's rated T as opposed to being M, it leans a like it definitely leans away from a lot of the more crude humor. Like it's not just like talking about shit all the time. Um, so like I found that to be, uh, I it felt like they had to be a little bit more clever with their humor because they couldn't just say fuck all yeah. the time and like have that be the joke. Uh, speaking of things that were rated odd, was Free Guy rated PG thirteen or R? It was. Because there's some pretty graphic violence depicted in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. I I was, I was like, at a certain point, I was like, I was legitimately shocked. I was like, wait a second. Um, Yeah. But there's a part where my fiance had to look away because there's, he just has his like nose broken and is like acting with a broken nose. And it was like, it's kind of gross. Yeah. It was really gross. Really gross. Yeah. But yeah. That's what I'm playing. I was playing a lot. We just talked for so long about these video games, but that's what we're here to do. But you have one more it? game on there with a lot of question marks. Yeah. You know, I was going to maybe talk about this a little bit later, but since you're bringing it up, uh, I played Fortnite this week. My Apex friends uh, said, hey, did you guys see that Fortnite took building out, which was like <laughs> the one thing that like was like definitely like keeping us away from that game. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, yeah, that's actually kind of, that seems like kind of fun. Like, let's try that. So we played it. Uh, and hey, Justin, has Fortnite ruled this whole time? Like, I had fun when we when you and I played it, yeah, like, yeah. way back in the day. It's like really good. Okay, like, really good. Like, so, uh, okay, so yeah, t- step back. Is it good without the building, or is it just good in general? Uh, I don't know because I don't like the building. Okay, so I th- so yeah. like, I-, I think it is really good without the building. Um, and I haven't played it since we talked about it, like in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a while <laughs> yeah. ago. A long time ago, um, so like it's it's tough for me to say. My my friends sort of were on this in the same boat where it was sort of like, "Yo, this is really fun, but let's wait to see how deep we're gonna get into this until we figure out if there's going to be a non-building mode." Which uh, some sources seem to think that there might be a permanent mode where you can't build, which is like preferable for me yeah yeah i because um, I, I, I i mean I, I totally think building ruins ruins it because i just don't have that twitch skill yes needed yes. i mean i don't have the twitch skill to play a shooter anyway but like i don't have the twitch skill to shoot while building and like spinning around like a crazy person yep totally 100 percent uh fortnite also does this cool thing where when you first start out after not playing for a really long time 
uh, or if you're just like playing for the first time, you play against bots. So you win seven times in a row. <laughs> Because as it starts to phase like people who are like at your level in with you, um, so you have a lot of fun, yeah. <laughs> right when it starts yep. out, so uh, Fortnite, it's a good video game. Maybe it's maybe there's a reason it's so popular. <laughs> I, I, th- I think it's probably true, and you can play it on anything except your. Play iPhone. it on anything, yeah. We're playing. Actually, <laughs> yeah, uh, we're playing it on on PS5. I did because um, I, I played all those Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Uh, unlock because uh, it's through the Epic Game Store on PC. I think um, I got a. I, instead of having a parachute, I ride Butt Stallion down out of the out of the battle bus. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> Which is kind of fun. My friends are like, "How'd you get that?" And I was like, "It's just I and I, my I have a I have an uncle who works at at Epic Game Store, and he sent this to me." And they all um, believed you. Yeah, yeah, they be- <laughs> yeah, they they believe me. <laughs> Metacritic Roundup, Justin. Here we go, baby. Oh, man. Three games. Kirby, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, and Ghostwire Tokyo. Kirby and the Forgotten Land scored an 85. I'm not surprised by this at all. A quality Nintendo game. Quality Nintendo game, 3D platforming. Kirby wears a little fishing hat and fishes. What more do you want, Justin? Well, and, like, people are, like, in love with Kirby. Yes, because he's adorable and... He's cute and he's fun, and like at the end of the day, when you strip him down to his base elements, now he's, he's just don't naked. make that face at me. He's already kind of naked. What does he Unless, look like without think, shoes? Are those shoes? Oh, that's the question. Are those shoes? Yeah, I don't think they're shoes. I think he, he just has. Hmm. Actually, I don't want to think about feet. it. Scaly <laughs> 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 <Does he have laughs> toes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like his na- it's uh, a claw. <laughs> <laughs> just like a like a bird his talons. <laughs> Uh, I think when you when you just like boil the the series down, it's like fun platforming that allows you to have some fun powers and like beat some fun bosses. And I think that that is uh, what this game excels at, and also has a, a fun new setting for Kirby to explore. But we can all agree that Kirby would make a terrible pet. Yeah, he eats too much. Yeah, he eats too much, and like you wake up and he like his head would be around your head, and he'd just be yeah. trying to like a snake to slowly digest <laughs> you. <laughs> slowly, it's like ah, ah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, very cute though. I'd love to give him a little little head pat. He seems like he would he would like that, or like that would be like kind of fun. He feels like, he seems like he would feel a little bit like a dodgeball. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a little rubbery. Definitely make like that sound. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, boing, boing. Yeah. Uh, up next here, Tiny Tina's Wonderland's Metacritic score eighty. Sounds right for me. <laughs> I played through the whole thing. I would give it an eighty. Uh, there are reasons not to like it, but there are plenty of reasons to like it. Uh, if you are looking for a looter shooter game to keep your uh, attention, I think this is it. Kind think, of a divided user score. You about to point that out? Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I wonder why. I mean, is it like a five point four is real low? Yeah, uh, basically, people are saying that this feels like, um, like, uh, 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 how do you say? overpriced dlc uh it's definitely more than that uh and there are a lot of optional areas where i didn't even go to complete the main the main quest um that are just like fully formed giant areas like the places that you go in the main quest that uh are missable if you don't go to them (laughs) so uh how long did you put into it did you say for me it was probably between 
it was probably about 15 hours. And there's a bunch of like end game stuff too, right? Like once you yeah. beat the main story, there's like dun- a dungeon kind of like rogue like thing, right? Or it's called like I... the chaos of course, sphere of course or something like is. that. Chaos. Uh, yeah. Freaking Jack and kill it. crew shows up. <laughs> yeah. What if yeah. they make that reference? <laughs> um, but like, yeah, there, there is a lot to do. It is not. I, I think that calling this like glorified DLC is is like you didn't play it. Unfair. You didn't. Yeah, you didn't you didn't play it. You didn't explore it. There is a lot to do. Yeah, the main story is 15 hours. You know, it could be 20 even if you're exploring those areas a little bit more. Um, but straight up, it is it, it is a full release. Cool. Up next, Ghostwire Tokyo. I actually tried to buy this when I went to go get Kirby at GameStop. Oh. Uh, they just didn't have any copies. Whoa, it's um, that popular? No, I, I think that GameStop is a dying company. <laughs> I think that they didn't want to have more than they could pre-sell uh, because they didn't want to lose. Yeah, yeah it definitely money. checks out. <laughs> they let you know that they're not in a good place, too, because they're like, are you sure you don't want to? Like, I've never broken a game disc in my entire life. Never in not my entire once. life. No. And people and they're like, are you sure you don't want to you don't want to insure this? Because uh, for just five dollars more, two years, you break this in half, you'll be able to come back in. I'm like, what is the situation in which I just like I destroy <laughs> this disc to the point of it being unplayable? Um, but Ghostwire Tokyo, uh, that I'll be talking about that next week, I'm sure. Uh, 75 on Metacritic. Some people are saying uh, it's kind of a boring open world, but it's got like a, a very nice setting, um, and and it feels like very. Um, from the heart of the of the studio as opposed to like in terms of the way it portrays like Tokyo as opposed to uh, games a little bit like um, Ghost of Tsushima or Sifu, which are made by non uh, Asian studios. I uh, can't really speak on that personally, but I think that's interesting to point out. So um, so why and this might just be in my head in my head. These two games, the these two games I'm about to say feel very similar to each other. Dying Light 2 and Ghostwire Tokyo. Hmm, okay, interesting. At least kind of like these open world, first person yeah, kind of games. Yeah, okay. um, why are you leaning towards going to probably get Ghostwire Tokyo versus Dying Light 2? Style and direction. Uh, I've never played a game that looks like Ghostwire Tokyo with like these folklore enemies and all sorts of stuff. I think Shinji Mikami, the director, is a genius and a mastermind. Um, I don't know who directed <laughs> Dying Light 2. I imagine whoever from Techland. But uh, I've played games like Dying Light 2 before. I don't think I've played games necessarily like Ghostwire Tokyo before. Cool. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and I think the one thing, so you can pet the dog in this game. Yes, you but can. But more importantly, you can oh. read their minds. See, and that's what we've been all waiting for, so, right? I mean, I mean, video games have finally gotten to a point right, and, where and we're like, able to it, do I that. Saw, I saw like a, a, a video clip, um, and basically the whole plot is like humans have just disappeared. Like it's like the rapture yeah, or whatever, yeah. and there's just like the you know ghosts and stuff. And like one of the dogs is like, uh, my owner's going to be home any moment. Just going to wait for him. I wonder why he left. That's like, that's uh, I wonder. I wonder. You ever read the book Hachiko Waits? No. In uh, Shibuya, there is a statue of a dog who uh, he was a very loyal dog. His name was Hachiko. Uh, and uh, basically his master would go to work and he would sit at the train station until the master came back. And then he would go home with the, go home with his owner. Aww. And then one day the, they went to the train station and the, his owner died while he was at work. Oh no. And so Hachi waited there for like six years 
And so the people who lived around there would like bring him food and like made up a little shelter and stuff. And so eventually, you know, time goes on and, and Hachi passed away. So they commemorated him with this um, dog statue in the middle of Shibuya Station. Wow, you just created another fear for me. Um, and like, oh gosh, I've already told everyone I know that if I if I die, if I have like a heart attack at work, they yeah. gotta drag me drag out of the you. parking lot. I cannot yes. die at that building. Um, however, now I have to worry about like the dog just waiting for me <laughs> to come home. <laughs> Justin, <laughs> I'll even take worse. care of it. If it happens, if it happens, and you don't have other plans for for someone to to come in inside and take care take care of good old Archibald. I'll, I will thank you. Bite I, that I, pre- I appreciate. You, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Yes, yes. Um, so yeah, goes bar Tokyo. I am interested in this. Interested in this a lot. PlayStation, Justin. People are saying that there are going to be some announcements this week. Uh Greg Miller from Kind of Funny, uh, X I G N X, uh, one up something whatever uh, it doesn't matter I, I, no i'm ex missouri star or whatever <laughs> i guess uh greg miller founder of kind of kind of funny and um games influencer i suppose uh announced that they were going to be delaying uh their the recording of their uh playstation centric podcast because of three rumors that he heard uh, regarding announcements uh it's unclear as to what those are and because he's basically says to like, he's not even sure if they're true, but um, there have been a lot of rumors saying, Hey, Spartacus, this project Spartacus thing, the uh, PlayStation answer to game pass is likely to be announced this week based on the way that uh, there was this new uh, system update for all PlayStation fives that now PS plus uh, is like permanently in the corner. That app is permanently there um, as well as some other reporting. Uh, by like Bloomberg and, and things like that, and uh, this article from uh, Video Game Chron- Video Games Chronicle, uh, PlayStation tipped for busy week of announcements by Andy Robinson. Uh, he also says that VG- VGC's own sources corroborated this story, that being the one uh, from Bloomberg, uh, and said that news was expected earlier this week. So who knows? It seems like something is coming down the line. Perhaps by the time you're listening to this something like will be officially announced but i don't know what do you think man so if i'm gonna guess some announcements uh what's gonna happen i think we're probably gonna hear about their ps plus thing obviously i think that's a pretty safe bet whatever that new ps plus thing's going to be yeah um but then i think i don't know it's weird like i i don't know like is it is it gonna be a game is it gonna be an acquisition is it gonna be something happening and i think Maybe we'll get a new game announcement. I'm going to be hopeful. Okay. Something. Uh, okay. And then uh, maybe we will get news about Knack. Because <laughs> that was another thing that was popping up this week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. About like them uh, re-upping the trademark for Knack, which I can't say is a shocking thing. I'm sure it's it's like that's probably just very procedural um, in terms of like, hey, we have Knack. We're not going to get rid of it. Even though that studio has closed, I believe. Japan Studios is no more. Um, but they're probably, you know, just going to keep up the trademark for that. So I really hope that's not one of the three big stories that they're talking here. Cause I don't think that's worthy of, of halting a PlayStation podcast to say, Knack yeah, is that would, that would be back, really folks. fucking funny. Knack is back. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't, I think you're right. I don't think that Knack is <laughs> coming back, but I do think that the trademark is just like, Hey, this is our IP and we own this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sort of regrettably, but <laughs> 
Um, so powerful that you needed the PlayStation 4 to buy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think Knack 3 is, is coming out anytime soon. But you know, what uh, What can you do? I, I do think that, you know, we've heard so much about this Project Spartacus thing like over the past, what, like four or five months? Yeah, yeah. That like, yeah, it seems like that's pretty imminent, especially because of all of these people saying, hey, there uh, could be something happening right now. I do have to say this feels different. Like for whatever reason, this this feels like either we're we're at a lull in news and people are really just grasping for straws here. But I mean, this goes back to Jeff Keighley saying there are more big announcements happening in the industry. It's just like, it, like wh- what what are you all talking about? Like, is, is this just Sony like Sony being like we got three games coming up, or is this like industry shattering news that's coming up? I don't know. It just seems like it's very speculative, but also like. Are people just making big deals about like trickling out of news now, and and we're only setting ourselves up for disappointment when we do get a knack re-release on the PS5 or something like that? The I don't HD, know. The, the director's cut, knack director's cut. Uh, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. Where it's just, I think people are just excited for news, and there's nothing wrong with that. I like news. I think things happening is fun. It gives us something to talk about. That's for sure. Um, but like, I don't think that when this project Spartacus thing gets officially announced. If I mean, like perhaps there are details that are not known about it publicly yet that have been omitted or not given to these people who are leaking this information and, you know, talking about it and publishing it. Um, but that said, I don't think that we are going to get anything that's like groundbreaking about it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, I, it, it just sounds like a subscription service for, you know, PlayStation games that will have some backwards compatibility stuff. Is that exciting? Sure. Is that groundbreaking and, and like mind blowing to me? Not even really a little bit. Right. Right. So I, I just think ultimately, um, I hope it's something interesting and I would love for it to be something yeah. interesting to talk about. Uh, but I, I, I just don't think it's going to change the industry because ultimately I still feel like if we're talking about industry changing events and stuff like that, I really feel like, you know, all three of these consoles are playing their own game right now. Um, I yeah. don't think they're like directly trying to like one up each other. I think Nintendo has their theory, what they're doing. Xbox has what they're doing and Sony has what they're doing. And yeah. again, I think that's the healthy thing for our industry. Um, instead of people copying each other, having a lot of different variety on each thing. So I, I, I don't think this is going to, I mean, maybe I'll eat my words uh, two hours from now, but who knows? Yeah. And, and to your point too, like when this gets revealed, I imagine that, on our show, we're going to say, hey, that thing happened. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, anyway, moving on. And maybe, just it, maybe it's abandoned yeah. news. Uh, I checked both uh, Twitter accounts of oh, did you, Hassan Terriman and of uh, Blue Box Game Studios. Nothing since, like, no, January 30th. So uh, we are right. barren with news uh, on that. Hey, when that comes out, we will be, uh, like... You don't understand how happy I'll be. We're going to be skipping our jobs oh, to, I, like, cover this game. I mean, we I'll probably get. We could probably get. It'll like be the middle that, huh? of like first period, and I'll just like pull up my recording. <laughs> like, guys, got a, got some things to say. Give me a second. I would love. I would love to hear what your class has to say. You know, what what do they what do they think? Well, about probably not abandoned? much. If it's first, probably period. not much. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, Justin, The Witcher Four is officially in production. Basically, CD Projekt Red said, "Hey, The Witcher Four is. We're working on it. Uh, they just showed the the." Witcher medallion covered in snow and all I know is that it's going to be built in the Unreal Engine 5 
and that the makers of the game said, hey, Witcher 4 is not the title of the game, which means I imagine it will be called The Witcher 4, colon, something. The Witcher for your mama. <laughs> nice. Got Fucking em. got him. Witcher 4 blood. Uh, <laughs> Witcher 4 dead. <laughs> so, yeah, that is <laughs> coming at some point uh, in the distant future. Hey, didn't they have a game to finish? Yeah, still still working on it, I would believe. Hey, don't they have DLC to do? Yeah. Um Yeah, I so a, a couple things. Uh yeah. they, they do have a new uh a game producer, a game ha- the person who's going to be heading The Witcher 4. Um yes. did say that he promises not to have any crunch during the the production of The Witcher 4. Um which is a very bold thing to say at this point of the game, huh? It's tough. Because it's like, yo, you can say that you're not going to ha- put that you're not going to develop this, you know, under under crunch circumstances. But what you have created, the culture you've created at your studio does not reflect that at all. Right. Like at all. <laughs> you can say that. And that's great. And that's a great thing to attain to want to, to do, because you shouldn't be doing that at your studio if it's managed, directed, produced correctly. Right. But everything else about your studio says that that's not true. <laughs> right. I hope for the, for the sake of those workers and for the sake of, of the people behind it, I hope that they're not going to have to crunch to make it. But at the end of the day, I don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, you know, I, them announcing this game at this point of, in time tells me they haven't learned anything. Oh, you're like, totally right. They're literally announcing a game that we all knew was being made with a very kind of like vague, potentially teaser filled image of The Witcher 4. But like if the game is really that far off and you're saying how you're not going to be doing crunch, why are you even talking about this now? Just wait. Give it time. Cyberpunk is finally in a state I think you're maybe proud of. And you still have, you know, like the bad blood for that. Why don't you just let it just qu- stay quiet? Cyberpunk 2077 was announced in 2012. Mm. I started high school, mm-hmm. finished high school, yep. started college. That's that's true. Finished college. That's crazy. And then Cyberpunk came out. Yeah. Yeah. This game, like, 2030, I guess, right? Like, I, it, to me, it, I, I don't know. This is my, like, skeptical hat, like, coming on. Just, to me, this feels a little bit like a PR thing to say, no, don't worry, we are for sure going to make something that you like. You know, like, and, and I even preferred Cyberpunk over The Witcher, which wow. says something, I think, about how I feel about those games. But that's also, I don't know, We I'm in the minority there, I know. Uh, I mean, I think a gameplay style, too. I think, I don't know, I, I think the, the RPG aspects of Cyberpunk are more of what is in line with what you like. And I would yeah. even argue that that's the kind of game I like more than The Witcher. Um, yep. Even though I do yep. like The Witcher, I don't love The Witcher. Um, I do Watch like Cyberpunk. I don't love Cyberpunk. So yeah. whatever they're coming up with next, I bet I'm going to like, but I won't love. Yeah. Yeah. Just make it put Henry Cavill in it. I liked him as Geralt a lot more than whoever played Geralt. Yeah, he's pretty cool. No, I don't think to the fault of the actor. Yeah. I just I think that. The way Geralt is written in the show is very, very tragic in yeah. a way that I like. Yeah. It makes me sad. Yeah. Well, it, clearly you haven't played the games. Because <laughs> <laughs> in the games, he's just fucking and trucking, right? Like, yeah, like that's across, one way for it. Yeah. 
across the continent they, whereas they, okay, in the so show he's very sad and without brooding. getting too like uh, I'm not going to sit here and just be the, the the biggest defender specifically against you with this but like they do have some pretty good story beats uh yeah, with yeah. with him and specifically with in the Witcher 3 the whole um Triss Yennefer uh conclusion however you go with that um mm-hmm. I really do think they do a good job if you play it the right way of uh ending not ending ending that love triangle and like sure. picking a definitive one, a uh, really good mission that you have with Yennefer at a certain point that I think does some good character stuff in it. Kind of like, I think part of the thing that the game does wrong is when someone becomes a witcher and they take that potion or whatever, they just become unhappy and unlikable. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's the whole part of the character. And like, I think that's a horrible part of your character to have like a, <laughs> like a protagonist that is just inherently emotionless and unlikable. But yeah. Anyway, that, there are some good moments in that game. I don't want. I think there's some good writing in that game. It's just everything mm-hmm. around it is just not my favorite. Well, I hope they learn the lesson from the show in regards to that character about like he is like sort of emotionally stunted, but he like he, you can tell that he just doesn't have the capacity to express how he's feeling, yeah. and I think that's very sad. Yeah, uh, and and I think he plays it that way. Yeah, where it's like. I don't really know how to express how I'm feeling, so I just have to go kill some stuff. Right, right. You know what I mean? And I'm mad, but, like, gosh, I wish I could tell anyone about how I'm feeling, which I think is so. And that's why I think some of the the rumors around the new game, I know rumors about a game that's going to be 12 years down the line here, um, is that you could potentially be playing Siri as the main character. Oh, sure. Um, And I think that would fix a lot of issues, because I think Siri is a very different, unique character. I think the Siri has a, a, a much cooler power set than uh Geralt has and I think mm-hmm. um I, I think that could make a much more likable protagonist than Geralt yeah I agree hey uh we meant I meant to mention this when we were talking Sony news Sony bought Haven Studios which is being headed by Jade Raymond uh she was worked for Ubisoft and founded I think uh Motive Studios back in the day uh so she was like a big part of cre- the creation of Assassin's Creed and Watchdog uh Watchdogs. They haven't explicitly said what they're working on. Um but this new studio was made like last year or the year before. Um yeah, formed in 2021. Um so who knows what this is about, but they have it. <laughs> yeah, I think um it's odd to a certain point just because um so that's that's not usually what Sony does with a new studio. You like, usually they they wait a little bit to buy a studio. Um, so until they like sh- shipped a game. At yeah. Least. So maybe they maybe whatever they they've started to work on they actually like uh, uh, and they're like oh this has potential. Maybe it's because the studio needs the extra support and financing, and that's the only way for the studio to keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I, I think this is something that could be interesting down the line, but, um, Jade Raymond, if I'm correct, what's the last actual game that she's worked on? Uh, couldn't tell you. And, couldn't tell you. and I believe like, if I'm correct, a lot of the places, uh, was she at, um, EA, right? The, the motive. Okay. What? So yeah. EA. So she did. 
All right, so she was the managing director for Assassin's Creed Unity, Far Cry 2. She was executive producer on Watch Dogs, uh, Splinter Cell Blacklist, Assassin's Creed 2. Uh, she was a producer on the original Assassin's Creed, uh, producer on Sims Online, and then she was the SVP group general manager for Battlefront 2. So, I mean, the last good game that she worked on was... The Mighty Quest for Epic Loot. I'm just kidding. Whoa, <laughs> hold on. Um, uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2 sucks shit, but it's also good now. Yeah, now. I mean, it's like one of those things that when it launched, it was terrible. I don't know. I Maybe yes. maybe things will work out well, but um, I don't know. I, this is so early to really speak. Maybe that will be one of the announcements. They're working that, on blank. <laughs> Battlefront 3. Oh my god, um, kill me. Yeah, yeah. Uh Yeah, so we we will see. Um there I think I think it's it would be tough to point at one reason why Battlefront 2 was not very good. Uh you, like that's the kind of thing where it's like, ah, there's actually a lot to say about all that. Um uh, so, I think I think EA was the reason. Yeah, well, yeah. that is that is where you point the finger, I think. Um but uh other than that, I mean, like, I, I think that the games that she has shipped and worked on as, you know, in these, like, leadership roles, like, Assassin's Creed 1 and 2 are, like, real good. Yeah. Uh, Watch Dogs was not my thing, but it is a successful franchise, right? Uh, Assassin's Creed Unity, didn't love, but again, like, successful game. Same with Far Cry 4. Like, I, I think that hearing that this woman is in charge of a studio owned by Sony fills me with a little bit of confidence, you know what I mean? For that studio, even yeah. though they haven't shipped a game. So we will see. Hey, uh, uh, Sony buys Ubisoft confirmed. Oh yeah. Finally, finally, this is what's happening to Ubisoft. Uh, Ubisoft and EA. That would be quite the move. Can you that imagine? Would be quite the move. <laughs> it would be like, Yo, because I don't love Ubisoft, like their games, like I I don't, I have mixed feelings about them, especially in recent years, um, but like, yo, you two, you, Ubisoft, EA, I want you to meet each other, and we'll see what happens, maybe you might make something horrible, maybe you might something make something, maybe it's like, uh, uh, who was, who made Wonderwall, Oasis, you know how they would get in, like, screaming fights with each other when yeah. they were, like, writing? Yeah, yeah. Maybe that'll be Ubisoft and, and EA oh, under that'd be Sony beautiful. management. Oh, my God. Yeah. Can you imagine that that microtransaction-filled game? Oh, my yeah, gosh. Ubisoft you just, presents. It, you just you plug it into your Xbox, and your Xbox pulls out a gun and shoots you. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, Justin, we got 20 minutes here before we, we want to start looking towards the end of our show. I watched the Halo TV show. Did you? I did, too. So there's only so so far there's one episode out. By the time uh I mean they're they're in like a weekly release. How many episodes are there going to be? Do we know? I feel uh, like nine. I it was it's either gonna be eight and then the ninth one is for season two, because I think they did renew it for season two, right? Um, uh, I think that is the case, yes. So it's it'll either be eight or nine um for this season. All right. General, general impressions from you, my friend, Justin Makovich, someone who, let the record state, does not have much love for the Halo series. I thought it was really good. <laughs> Can I say, I thought the first half was laughably bad, and then there was a scene where I was like, well, that was pretty good. 
And then the rest of the episode was actually pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I really thought like the the quality I was nervous about, like the CG quality from watching the trailer. That trailer. And it's not yeah. the greatest, obviously. No. But it's not the worst. And they do some re- like some really cool stuff with it. And I think um I'll be interested to hear what your perspective of this is as being a more decorated Halo fan. Mm-hmm. Um, but like how they kind of set up the world at the very beginning, they have like this like out like this colony, this outer rim colony that doesn't like the UNSC and is just like sitting there. And you have a bunch of people like playing cards, like talking about like how bad the UNSC is. And then they start to like talk about the legend of the Spartans and how yeah. it's like this ghost story that they come in, they're stronger and bigger than the average man. And like it's just like this really cool moment to set up the lore for it, mm-hmm. and then you meet them late. Uh, the Spartans, spoiler alert, I guess. Um, it's a Halo TV series. People, there's Spartans in it, um, and like I thought it was a pretty freaking cool moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they like they when they drop down, it's like oh, it yeah. means business. The uh, only I thought, thing I thought, they yeah, just needed up? the the Halo theme right there. Oh man, if yeah. that would have happened, I would have I would have lost my shit. You have to imagine that they can't. They right? did. They did though. They had it. They the, had. They had the whole. Right? Oh yeah, they, yeah, had, they that. had that one. They didn't have the cool one yet. Maybe, maybe, but they had. Maybe they're saving it for what? The last. Because here's the thing: if it drops in the last episode, and like if the rest of the series is good, and it drops in the last episode, I'd probably lose my mind. Maybe. Like because that of song is like. Me. I guess you're right. But like, build. You know, if you're building up to it, building up to it, and then you just like. You remember in Halo 2 how they have it, the, that song, but they have the electric guitar going over it? Yeah, and it yeah, starts yeah. with that slide. Like, yeah. yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> like, oh, man, that'd be so dope. Um, okay, so, like, I thought that the first half was pretty dreadful. Um, it just, like, they're setting all this stuff up, and I think th- I thought that was fine. Um, but then, well, like, that fight with the Covenant, I just did not like. And as soon as the fight starts and the Spartans show up, and you're getting like all of this first person perspective of Master Chief. I was like, no, <laughs> no. Uh, and like, you know, they recreate the like HUD of the game, like pretty much exactly, which is like not a problem necessarily, but it felt gratuitous. Like they just kept doing it. You know what I mean? Um, and basically, so hey, watch if you're if you haven't watched it yet and you care about spoilers, pause the episode. Go watch it. It's an hour long, uh, and then come back. And if you hate it, I want to hear about it on Twitter at HitboxPod or uh, uh, send us an email at HitboxOfficialPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you if you don't want to hear spoilers for it, go ahead. Come back to this once once uh, 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 you watch it because I think it's just not going to be a decent way for us to talk and, about and this show. And I think show. It, in addition to that um, – it, it's hard for me to say you should go out and get Paramount Plus for this series right now with it only being one episode. It's one episode. But I don't know. Yeah. With uh, Game Pass, I believe you do have a three-month trial you do. of Paramount Plus. So yeah. at the very least, you have that um, to kind of go off of. And my, my recommendation is uh, I think it's a pretty good series. If you like Halo, at least I think there's some cool references and there's the potential for it to go in some interesting places. Um, and I think it's quality enough to at least give it a shot. It is, if you like Halo, if you like the ideas of Halo, you will like this. If you are dead set on what Halo must be, you will not like this. Mm. Like, I'm someone who doesn't really care about Halo lore. Yeah, if you're you're expecting like a a retelling of the Fall of Reach, 
this it is, is not, not that. that. Not, not that, that even a little bit. Nope. Um, but if you just say like, oh, I like Spartans and it would be like cool to see them like, oh, what if this if what if it was like this? Like, I think that's what this series is. And as someone who, like I said, isn't like super deep in Halo lore, but likes Halo a lot. I enjoyed this um, for what it was doing with the character of Master Chief, which I think is interesting that I don't actually think the Halo games ever really get into um, that that in that meaningful of a way. But OK. Spoiler time. Spoiler time. But halfway through, so basically that town that we're talking about gets totally wiped out. You've seen the episode, obviously, but just for the sake of this conversation, town gets totally wiped out, all except for this one girl. So they take her back on. Just just real quick, when when are you getting to the part before it's like when you think it like becomes good? When is that part? Okay, so this is still not the good part to you. So like they wipe her, they wipe this town out. The, the elites show, like the covenant shows up uh, and wipes this town out, all except for this one girl. Uh, Master Chief like t- like goes in and finds this covenant artifact, and he like touches it, and it like reacts to him touching it. And there was an elite that saw that happen and went and reported that to the uh, prophets and all that. Chief disobeys orders, or doesn't disobey orders. He like doesn't follow protocol, and he's like, I'm gonna take this girl alone. Uh, back to reach and and I'll meet the rest of you Spartans later. So it's him and her on this pelican and they're just flying back to reach and she wakes up and she's like mad. Like they sit down and they have this conversation and she basically, she's like, Hey, is there any food here? And he's like, yeah, I'll get you some food. So she's eating food and he's just standing there. Um, and, and this scene is really fucking good where she's like, you killed my mom. Do you know that? And he's like, okay. Like, so, like I follow orders and I just do what I'm told. And she's like, cause it's interesting. Cause I, and I, I think this line is actually really interesting. She's like, I don't really look at pictures of her very much, but I see you all the time because of, you know, like propaganda and, and all that sort of stuff. And she's like explaining the situation about like, cause she, she asked him kind of like, do you remember how this happened? And he like, kind of doesn't. And he's like, and she's like, here's exactly how it went down. And he's like, I was, I was taking care of threats. And she's like, my mom and these like four other unarmed people were threats. And he basically like, it's in this argument saying like, there are things I don't know that I'm not told that I just, I just do what I'm told and things I can't see on the ground. And they have this little argument and it's clear that she's like getting to him and he's wearing his helmet this whole time. And it's very much like he's very expressive with his voice in a way that is like pained. And then he gets the, a call to like, you got to exterminate this, this rebel. And he doesn't do it. I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm hooked. I'm sold. And then the rest of the show is him. He's going to disobey orders and he's going to escape with this girl. I think that was cool. I thought that little bit of here's this guy who just is supposed to do what he's told and take care of take care of what needs to be taken care of no matter what. It clearly gets to him and when faced with having to do it again one more time, he just can't do it. And I so I think part of the interesting thing is that I think what really changes him is when he touches that artifact, like something something awakens yeah, in him. Yeah, yeah, because he and sees then, like a and that's when he's like starts to break protocol at that point. That's he has that conversation and like legitimately listens to what she's saying, yes. Um, yes. and then c- tries to break orders. Um, and I, I think the whole struggle between 
the the uh, higher ups on Reach and uh, the uh, what is her name? Um, I should know it. Uh, Halsey. Halsey. Halsey yeah. and her Spartan command is going to be an interesting thing moving forward. I mm-hmm. think those are some interesting power dynamics that they're setting up. Um, I think they kind of for episode one, him literally just like going rogue already is kind of like, <laughs> that's, that's happened quickly. I'm into it. I'm <laughs> yeah. into it. I mean, they, they sort of do that in Halo 5, but like it's in a different, it's like in a much different way. Yeah. Um, but I also think the other Spartans that are there are kind of fucking cool. Yeah. Like, so Halsey tells them like, so what's going to happen is Master Chief's Pelican is going to touch down and then the UNSC is going to come take him and take the girl. If it gets nasty and it looks like they're going to try and kill him, you protect him no matter who you have to take out. And I think there's a cool like little bit of foreshadowing uh, in the very beginning because that older guy who's playing cards as they're like setting up who the Spartans are is like one Spartan is worth 100 soldiers. And then there's like, four, what, three or four Spartans that are part of this squad? Four, yeah. That show up. <clears throat> and... Like, you know, it looks like 200 UNSC Marines are just there, guns drawn, aimed at the Pelican as they're trying to open it up. And you know, hey, if this goes bad, these four Spartans are going to clean up right. all of these people <laughs> yeah. in the middle of this hangar bay. And and like, there's like this tension to it. Uh, eventually, as we know, like it doesn't come to that. But like, it feels like it almost does in it- a way that was like, kind of cool and you really see like the the fear that the unsc has about the spartans and how they can go bad i mean they like mobilize everyone in their headquarters to like just take out uh uh, master chief and and the the passenger that he has um on board and i just think that was so cool and again that this is the the interesting stuff that i would i would believe and again not having read the books that this would be how people would react to these super soldiers they wouldn't just yes, automatically be like, freaked you're out awesome, freaked out, they're not human, yeah. they're legendary, they're they're whatever. Um, I almost have to disagree with you, though, from the beginning being a little cringy, because I thought, like, the, it was cringy until the fight fighting happened. And, like, I think this happens a lot in Halo, uh, minus, um, uh, what's the uh, one in which you don't play a Spartan? Halo ODST. Yeah, ODST. That usually you don't understand how, like, scary and intimidating elites can be because you're the Master Chief and you're just, you know, shoot them with the shields and kill them. But this one, they have this whole thing when it's like the, uh, what's her name? Uh, I mean, Quan Ha. Oh, the main character? The main, the yeah, main character. Like Quan Ha and her friends are, like, out doing shrooms in the desert. Oh, they get fucking and obliterated. Then, and then, auto, like, the, the, the elites come at them with their plasma rifles and, like, it is violent. Like this is yes. this is taking that uh, TV mature rating where it should be. Um, it's TV fourteen. I was surprised. Oh, and you no, get like people it? like shot their legs off. Yeah. Oh, it says mature on IMDb. Oh, oh, weird. Anyway, go um, on. It, it was. It is. It's violent. Like you get. It like, is abrupt. You get yes. St- stumps of body. You know what I mean? Like, yes. <laughs> um, but then they like come in and they basically just like wipe out 150 human uh f- like rebel fighters mm-hmm. with like yeah. nothing. And then the uh the when the Spartans drop in, they kind of like clean up the elites. But even then, they couldn't stop them from just destroying these humans in pretty like violent ways too. Um, yeah. And. 
I, I just thought that was such a cool way in as you know, you could say the elites look like crap or whatever. And some of the, the effects don't look great. Um, but like that was a, a, such a cool way of showing how powerful the covenant are, but also showing how powerful the Spartans are in comparison to a normal human and how they can just yeah. definitely clean up and, and do whatever. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I thought I was kind of like gripped from the beginning. Um, the only thing that took me out of it was the fact that I don't have Paramount Plus without commercials, and I freaking hate that. Mm. I don't know if I'm going to be able to last this run yeah. uh, with the commercials. <laughs> but you know, but uh, well, if you've got Game Pass, is that the commercial free that... version? I don't know. I don't know. I, uh, I imagine uh, we we have a subscription um, at our gotcha. house that I've just gotcha. been using. But um, well, hey, you know. Paramount Plus, come for the Halo, stay for the Survivor, right? Hey. <laughs> um, what, what were your thoughts about uh, uh, Pablo Schreiber? Is that the guy's name? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. As, uh, as Master Chief, I thought he was great. Yeah, I thought uh, I thought he was great. And uh, uh, you spoiler territory here. He takes his helmet off at a certain point, and a really cool reason for him to take off his helmet. Because um, she asks him, she's like, "You ever take that off?" And he's like, "I don't think he answers." Uh, he just like brushes it off and then yeah. in a later scene and then she's literally like, like gonna be her. like yeah because uh like she thinks that he's like trying to kill her um and yeah. really like the unsc is controlling the ship atmosphere and the and master chief's suit and like she's gonna she, like shoot him and he's like listen this suit nothing's gonna happen you're gonna just it, these bullets won't won't hurt me but then he takes his helmet off and he's like if you want to yeah, if you want to hurt yeah. me shoot me right here um and like i thought that was such a cool moment to not only kind of like disconnect from the kind of like Spartan that he is and make him a little bit more human, but also to prove that, Hey, you know what? Uh, I'm someone to trust. I'm here. I'm trying to help you. And I thought he looked pretty cool. Like I was worried he'd come out with a little gross mustache. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, he, he, he looked like he fit in the, in that world. It didn't seem like unnatural. And I'm sorry to report everyone that he is not a redhead. Yeah, no, he's so, not. I'm sorry unfortunately. To say, you know, but Hey, is this, is this, that. Halo canon. This is a universe, right? You know, right? I'm still, so I'm still maybe, maybe still somewhere. not necessarily wrong. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think there's a lot of people who are like upset by him taking his helmet off, as if it matters. I mean, like, I, I this is not the Halo canon, you know. Like, right. this is not the games. And even if it was, even if he did take his helmet off, like he would just look like a guy. And I understand that part of the fun of Halo is uh, of like a, a faceless character is like. Oh, that could be anyone under there, right? It could be me. It could be you. Like, it doesn't matter who they are necessarily. Um, but I, I don't think it ma- like matters in this TV show because no. especially they give like a good reason for him to do it. Yeah, and and I think with with him being a character in this one, not that the other Master Chiefs aren't characters. I would say like in uh, Halo Infinite, I definitely am starting to see him more as a character rather than him just being mm-hmm. like a, a blank slate of things. Yeah. Um, so, like, with him becoming more of a character, it kind of makes sense that you're you're taking the the mythical suit off and showing the human underneath it. Um, well, and and to your point, that is, oh gosh, here, oh, fuck! Can uh-oh. you imagine? Can you believe that we are sitting here? Sorry, totally, like, not what I'm trying to say. Can you imagine that we're sitting here in the year 2022 and being like, so the Halo TV show is pretty good? I, I mean, <laughs> hey, what's going on? <laughs> so, okay, but I think exactly to your point, like. He takes the helmet off, like if if the show is about him finding this humanity, right? About like him seeing, oh, I have a, I have a family, I or I had a family. Oh, I am a human. Like, well, I am a, an augmented Spartan. Like, I'm a I'm a person, um, and I care about humanity in a, not just like a general I need to save humanity way, but like I care about individual people here with with this girl and and all this sort of stuff. Take that helmet off. Look at that little bit of symbolism. 
What? <laughs> what's, what's behind that? What's behind that visor? Mm. A human face. With, Pablo Schreiber. With no mustache and brown hair. So, no mustache, brown hair. Yeah. Halo TV show is pretty good. Damn, they get a lot of those sound effects right. Uh, with like the guns and everything. Like there, uh, there's just something cool about Halo. Like about the the designs of a lot of the Halo tech. I mean, like when she's holding that battle rifle on him in the ship, it's like, yo, that's a fucking cool weapon. Um, or even like you know he's got the assault rifle or the plasma rifles or the the he blows the head off an elite with a plasma pistol, which I was like, mm, not gonna do that much damage unless it's like a fully charged blast. To, to be and, fair uh, though, they yeah. did make the plasma weapons feel strong. Oh yeah. So oh yeah. Um. I mean, I, I, that's a small nothing nitpick. I mean, like it's <laughs> it was a cool moment. Um, yeah, yeah. I it is. I'm interested to see where it goes. It and, was the kind of thing where I watched it, where I was like, "All right, let's get this over with." And for the first like you know 20 minutes, I was like, "Okay," <laughs> and then yeah, and, really and I'm interested in. to see what they're gonna do with that human um uh on the uh the covenant uh high charity is that the name of that place oh yeah like, yeah there's some, that was kind of weird there's some random human there um reading a book in, in this like weird garb thing seems to be in charge of the covenant <laughs> uh the prophet looked really good yeah the prophet did look cool and i the, i they, was impressed they did a lot like just with like facial expressions setting up the fact that the prophet ain't happy with this human being in charge yeah. um yeah so cool the, the, i Again, episode one, a lot of potential for this to be really good, I think. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree. It makes me miss, um, it, before Halo 3 came out, there was like a lot of the live action marketing mm. for it. My favorite one was, um, oh gosh, it was, they had some ODSTs like fighting some brutes but you didn't like get a good look at the brutes because like i imagine the budget just wasn't that high but you just had these people i mean like in a way that made it like cool and like kind of freaky um and some guy gets nailed to the wall with one of their spikers with one of the spike grenades uh and he's like screaming and stuff and it like freaked me out as a kid but it was it was like very effective because it was like yo this is scary if you're just a person you're not master chief like straight up this is freaky these giant aliens like walking around and blowing people up yeah like, it's cool it's like cool it. i like it i do too in a very odd twist of fates well hey, <laughs> i personally and i know justin as well want to know what you think of the halo series along with anything else we talked about whether that's the witcher 4 any of these metacritic roundup games kirby tiny tina or ghostwire tokyo um or anything else we talked about here whether that's playstation news if that news breaks in like the next hour which some people have been talking about then we'll probably have a little addendum here on the end of this episode but uh if not i i want to hear what you you have to say about it that's on you can send us dms or tweet at us on twitter at hitbox pod or you can send us an email at hitbox official podcast at gmail.com that's not three g's that's one g i was just doing like a fun little voice thing you know what the fuck i mean um your, whatever platform you're listening to this on if you wouldn't uh mind doing us a favor going ahead and subscribing on that platform whether that's apple podcasts uh spotify uh there's like pod skinny that sounds like something i might be making that up i mean i, I just uh, i definitely am not pod skinny because i just ate 13 dollars of taco bell today so Oh, Justin, you're living the fucking life. I know, spring break. 
Spring. That used to mean something different, right? <laughs> now, now it means staying home, eating Taco Bell, and playing games, which like sounds like hey, a freaking great. Hey, you know what? That sounds like a great time to me. I'm almost 32, and I could say that's my spring break. You know? That sounds awesome. I know. That sounds dope. Uh, I hope you enjoy the rest of that, my friend. Uh, am I forgetting anything here? Uh, I do have a correction from last week. I gotta, I gotta oh. set the record straight. So go right ahead. Um, I said last week that I stopped playing the Stranger in Paradise demo and didn't want to buy a full game because mm-hmm. I didn't think the demo was like actually the beginning of the game because there's a couple <laughs> moments in it that just seemed <laughs> like, like there's missing content. Uh, yeah. Turns out that's literally the beginning of the game. That's um, how the game so, goes. So it, it starts off with uh, you basically like uh, doing a, a little like tutorial thing. Um, then you meet your three friends uh, who kill, or you and your two friends who go to kill chaos. And then you basically have a cutaway that says you kill these three creatures and then you uh, go back to the kingdom. You don't actually fight those three creatures. Uh, nope. In the real game, that's literally that's it's the a cutaway. That's the, that's the final game right there. So, um, I'm uh, so excited to play this game. I, you know, I I gotta say, uh, I will play this game. Not today. Not tomorrow. No. Not next week. But I will play this game by the end of this year. Yes, you and I together, and it will you know be what? a brilliant experience. Justin, let's do it like this. You'll play with the right hand. I'll play with the left hand. Ooh, that I'm actually con- <laughs> would be the most frustrating experience. <laughs> um, but hey, you 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 just stick around, listener, and we'll <laughs> tell you how that goes in the in the coming months here. When when releases slow down a little bit, and we can catch up on Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin, or as I like to call it, SS. Wait. S-O-P-F-F-O. Spuffle. Spuffle. <laughs> Until next time. Always remember, old games are old. We will catch you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Stop recording. <laughs>